I'm not following along the news. I find my intuition is the best source of um, guidance. Working from the now, anything else sets a story. It sets a focus. It sets limitation. I think light workers are star seeds, however you want to describe or term those who woke up and don't feel like they fit in here. Um, that this is how we're going to operate. It's from the now. I think we all know that, but I mean, it really is. You might find, like I have found, that just doing research, even, it doesn't feel, it doesn't fit right. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like it's um, accomplishing anything. If anything, it just seems like a distraction. It's almost disempowering because we're looking for information outside of ourselves rather than trusting the flow of life coming from inside. It's really an interesting paradigm shift. However, the term quantum financial system crossed my, I don't know, I don't have a desk, <laughs> crossed my awareness. And uh, I'd never really heard the term before. It's a reality shift. It's been around or discussed, I guess, for a little while now. I'll see if I can find a link to something about it. Um, from what I understand, it's a system that uh, puts some fair play into a global financial flow or financial system and flow of, of uh, currency, of wealth, and uh, everything is tracked. And it would seem scary thinking everything is tracked, but there is a there, there's two sides to that coin. There is tracked under a system that is centralized and controlled by corruption and one that is decentralized and not controlled but simply tracked. Um, one system would be under strictly artificial intelligence. The other would be under quantum uh, computing or what is called quantum computing which I still say isn't here unless it's been brought in by extraterrestrial or intergalactic beings because it requires a life force to access multidimensional um, frequencies. So I bring that up because the banks, for example, are looking at, uh, I know in Canada that they don't want anybody buying crypto. They don't like crypto. The centralized systems hate it. They'd love to crash the system. It's quite an extraordinary story, really. I mean, the person that wrote the blockchain code, I guess that would be the way to phrase it. I'm not a professional here. Um, there's a name, but he's, you know, a mysterious, nowhere to be found kind of, kind of source or guy or whatever. And uh, quite a powerful tool. But they're scared of it. The banks are scared of it. The banks are in trouble. I did see an article today. I was looking it up specifically for understanding where things are going uh, to do with the shift. And they're in trouble. HSBC, Citibank, they're all in trouble. And, uh, and there's no saving them. This and China is saying, I mean, it's the destruction of big, the old system. And so there is a fight. I think China is kicking out the uh, cryptocurrency miners or the Bitcoin miners, which essentially is processing transactions, basically. And this is where it's going to go. The banks are going to die. You can't stop this system. It's decentralized.
it's it's processed. The, the, the transactions are processed in a decentralized way. It's the same thing the big tech is facing. That's why they're in such a panic to control everything, because they are going to die. Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, all of these companies that own have centralized ownership. It just isn't going to last. Not, not, under this, not under the current business model. However, intermediate, in an intermediate way, when you look at companies like Walmart and Canadian Tire, um, they're not going to survive the, the Amazon um, business model. The, the centralized systems are not, and I know that they, you know, I think Walmart has independent sellers in there, and so does do companies like Best Buy. But Amazon, you, you won't have a central centralized system with buyers, for example, like Canadian Tire and Walmart would have a buyer that would source or um, feel different products to determine what it is the store will carry, you know, in store. And there's a lot of criteria that would have to be met. One of the biggest ones is price, price over quality. It's, it's insane. But really, price point is where it's at. Price point, and, uh, and then I would say packaging and... Um, which determines the price point, determines volume sales. And then I would say your ability to, you know, to supply without problem, to get insurance, in other words, to protect everybody legally. And then I would say somewhere along the lines, quality. They don't give a shit about quality. I mean, I've dealt with them. They really don't, not unless it becomes um, problematic because really they, they just shuffle through suppliers like like cards, uh, it's just it doesn't matter. Things have to change up every six months. Products life cycle in and out all the time. So anyway, um, but when you have it, let's say an Amazon business model where you have the product is being sold for the most part by independent people who are determining you know what's going to work and what isn't, and uh, so you have a lot of eyes on the supply chain taking care of a small pool of products, and that's a huge difference. It's hard to compete. You've got a lot of eyes that are trying to be profitable in a tight system. And then you have the logistics system under control of Amazon. And then you also have Amazon taking on products and warehousing them. That sort of top percentage, probably the 80-20 idea. And in some cases, I <coughs> excuse me, I understand they're putting suppliers out of business if they've got a really good product that looks like there's some profit being made there. Then Amazon will take it and uh, start shipping it themselves, something along those lines. I, I don't follow business anymore, business models. I don't give a shit about it. But I'm bringing this up because, it, again, it is a semi-decentralized model. And this is going to put companies out of business that do business in the old way of, like I say, having a buyer that works for a company and gets paid, you know, good money to source out products, and then you have to swap the buyers up so they don't have relationships with the suppliers and things like that. It's it very it's all decentralizing, and as we can see, the power that Amazon has at this stage shows you the power of that sort of decentralized business model. And I know what it is. I looked at it and started to create a company like that in Canada, uh, which was dealing with things for the home, and it was taking products from the manufacturer or first frontline distributors and putting them uh, in the hands of consumers. That middleman is being removed across the board. And so we're seeing this in big tech. It'll be the same way through blockchain and torrent where you get bits and pieces of information. And Amazon is already setting the stage for that by using, what is the name of their assistant? X, uh, Alexa or something. 
um, where people can walk down the street and anybody who has an Amazon Alexa system or whatever it is that's using uh, connected to the internet, it'll give access to the internet to people walking down the street temporarily and it'll just switch um, it'll switch through the, the routers or the, the, you know, I guess the, the wireless, um, yeah, internet systems that people are using, which Alexa is. <clears throat> and, you know, it's all going to tie in. It'll be, you know, camera systems and just anything that's Wi-Fi. And certainly that would play into the cell phone stuff as well. Um, I know there's cell phone companies here that use, um, Wi-Fi that is being shared at different companies. In other words, if you sign up to a company, you, you can get access to free Wi-Fi when you're downtown. And, uh, and they give you a little app so you can see where that is and so you can stay connected. But And I always thought, you know, I don't understand why cities don't have just free Wi-Fi in one shape or form uh, or another because it's just better for business. It's better for tourism. It's better for everything to have communication be easy and not to have everybody locked down like the little you know i remember people copying off my test and i'd let them i just i'd move right out of the way there you go help yourself man and then and i didn't care why the hell would i care go ahead man there's another test after that another test after that you want to copy it be my guest you know what i mean and i yeah, just i didn't give a shit about the school system and if i if i was doing a test i noticed everybody be hiding their tests and i didn't need to copy it i was good at school and, but I'd look at it and think, what kind of fucking attitude is that? You know, you're going to hide your little test paper. And it's just such a competitive little sort of, I don't know. I never liked those kids, but I never needed to copy from them. Typically, in the end, they probably needed to copy from me because I was very hard at studying, worked very hard at studying, memorizing, which is not learning anything. You forget about 95% of it. <clears throat> memorizing is not learning. Doing is learning. Practical application is learning. So... Um, which is interesting because as I homeschool my daughter, um, I'm doing it differently. She does less school during the year, but then she continues on through the summer doing a little bit so that she doesn't fall behind or forget anything. We're also going to look at uh, possibility of doing trades. You know, if once I get settled, I might build another log home or log cabin or whatever, and she'll help me with that and learn that. Practical skills are important, and I think... You know, for anybody that wanted to get into business or just be free or have a job that includes exercise and health and outdoors and nature, there's great things that one can do that have to do with trades and getting out of the office and the lawyer stuff. She's studying law as well. But all of that applies to anything that she might do. And I think kids, I mean, she has a passion for these things. And kids actually can have a passion for law. You know, past life uh, might have an effect on that or might influence that. But the point is, is, I mean, everything is opening up. Education, that's decentralizing. But getting back to the decentralizing stuff here. So we're seeing that Amazon is now ahead of the curve again. They're going to have systems. You sign into them, you get all this great benefit. And, uh, and these companies, I mean, the companies like Walmart, McDonald's and stuff, I don't know who's keeping them alive. They have a lot of brick and mortar to take care of. Maybe they have big bank accounts and they're just investing or maybe they're like the uh the airline models that are forcing people to get vaccinated before they can fly and they're being funded by the new world order deep pockets in order to force these rules you know what i mean to get everybody vaccinated to be able to travel <clears throat> in other words they don't do any thinking they just decide you know i don't want to give up travel or whatever so i'll go get injected i'm seeing on telegram uh on the the vaccine in uh, injury updates, you know, all kids are getting fucked over now. You know what I mean? They're, they're getting sick heart problems and it's really impacting them hardcore. 
It's absolutely mind-blowing. The media keeps it covered up, and the drones, they can't get enough, eh? Give me more. Give me another one. I'll feel safer, even though there's... It's just fucking nuts. It really is. It just, it is not, it's so nuts. The only reason it's happening is because there's a divergence uh, in consciousness, and there's some people that are truly in a different reality altogether, and they truly believe they're in danger, and, you know, they're headed that way. But if you're uh, awake, you know, like a star seed, you're probably at that stage where you're just not paying attention to the news, but things pop up. Um, you're really not that interested in doing anything that has to do with the way we used to operate in 3D before that survival uh, approach to life and work. Um, we're also seeing things, McDonald's in trouble with not being able to retain employees. A lot of that's good. All these things are going to bring companies down. And this is a catalyst, this coronavirus bullshit. You know, and we know that. It's a catalyst that is taking down old systems, that is dismantling uh, old business models. And these companies that had us by the, sort of had us by the balls, there's nothing that they will be able to do to survive it. It's just one thing after another. You know, I remember when I was in business, if it was three hits, uh, you were, you know, I was out three, three major things. And they usually came in threes, but boy, these companies, they just have deep pockets that go on forever. And eh? McDonald's can take one hit after another, after another, after another. They just have a lot of power, a lot of, uh, uh, economy of scale. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and it just assets, I guess. So, uh, we're looking at the decentralized, uh, decentralization of everything and the old systems are not going to survive. I'm not saying that the banks won't be around, but they won't be under a centralized system forever. Um, I'm not saying you got to rush and get your money out of the bank. I believe that the banks will be restructured and they'll operate differently. They have no choice. They're going to have to operate differently. There's still, you know, this, the block, this, um, mining or this idea of, of processing, um, <clears throat> transactions on the blockchain and I don't know where banks will fit in in all of this maybe they'll have their own cryptocurrency or whatever but centralized will never never compete with decentralized because you just it's just so it's been so corrupt for so long you just can't have a centralized ownership anymore it's just that game of monopoly where there's one great big fat guy at the end of the game choking on his money basically nobody else is left everybody else is dead so that's where we are. Uh, that's where I see things. And Amazon is just too big. I mean, it's just too big. It's going to get, it's going to break apart one way or the other. Um, I, I suspect through supply chain breaks, breakdowns, because that's, that Amazon is still relying on old systems to supply it. Old supply chains, old business models, competition, China, all this stuff. And we're just going to get sick of it. We're going to be sick of buying shitty stuff uh, from China and then, you know, so, having to put it in a yard sale six months later or throw it in the garbage and fill up landfill sites. I've already gotten to the point where I'm not comfortable having shit anyway. I prefer nothing, really. I don't, you know, we got rid of the vehicle. That, that removes the government from my life by about 90%. All that's left between me and the government now is we have the health care stuff and we have taxes. And the tax system is going to blow apart too. People are getting fucking tired of paying as slaves over 50% of everything they make. And not only that, it's worse. It's worse and worse. We've got, um, you know, this bullshit carbon tax stuff going. And then there'll be all kinds of, there's all kinds of other shit. I can't even think of it right now. But then for everything that is bought and sold, you know what I mean? Like I've said before, 
let's say in from the new from the from the seed to the consumer it's being taxed so much that's being taxed more than it was ever worth you know in other words every dollar is being taxed more than a dollar it just seems like it's just it's just a crazy game and it's going to get to the point where we just don't want all these all these government workers they just make our life fucking harder you know what i mean more rules, more regulations, stifling everybody under centralized systems, controls, no room to breathe, empowering fucking psychos, really, just Nazis, to uh, lord over other people. Because, I mean, I've never really met a government worker that really, truly loved their job. They're just doing the, the job. I have met some really hardcore drones that seem pretty proud to be there, but these systems are just going to blow apart. I've watched, even in Dawson City, they taxed water so much, the only fucking dry, the only place to wash and dry your clothes when out of business. The only one. And they have a tourist town and no place to do your laundry. There was just a, uh, a two RV parks or three RV parks that you know, could go in, if you were allowed at that point, and wash your clothes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just complete and total insanity. This is government, right? And that same government up in Dawson was doing the bid rigging, bribery, blackmail, all that crap, and putting criminals in charge of the casino and stuff. I mean, it was just, all it is is just organized mafia. You know, that's all it was. The mafia saw that the most money was being made up in government, and so, you know, it just got taken over. We know that, and I don't need to go down that road. So, but it, I say that because the fucking drones, they still don't get it, right? The drones don't get it. They, I mean, they're... they're they're going to go right off the cliff with this stuff. They won't wake up. <clears throat> anyway, so government taxing will probably be, the government will scale back way back. Cities don't need them. They'll have some systems in the city to represent the city, true people of the community representing the people in the community to move forward in intelligent ways, people who are invested, uh, fully invested, their lives are invested in their communities, not absentee people and not federal people like living outside of the community. We don't need that anymore. We just don't. We have uh, just this whole, I won't get into all the details, but we just don't need it. You can think about it with the nature of an awakened community, the the nature of uh, coming into more you know, empathy, this sort of telepathic um, ability for some, but also just aligned in a more coherent way what's better for everybody. We're seeing everything blow up with the weirdest shit. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what it is. What organization or, or what group is pitted against another group, it's all designed to blow everything apart and expose everything. So getting back anyway, government, I, I, Adina got inside of 2% across the board. That's it. Because at this point, I don't even want to own a home. You know, it's $3,500 a year or, you know, to $4,500 a year, something like that. And then you have garbage, water, sewer, power. I mean, that's like the, the tax on, you know, having a home on a piece of land in a city. Then garbage, water, sewer, power. You're looking at, you know, I don't know what the hell it ended up being, but about 500 a month just to the government to live in your home. That's not free. That's not home ownership. That's fucking slavery. Before that, back in the day, you didn't owe them anything. You bought a piece of land, and guess what? You got a piece of land. If you wanted water, I guess you paid for water or sewer or whatever, but, you know, you could at least be there without having to pay somebody. Because as soon as you stop being a slave, and we see this, they're pushing people into the cities, they've been uh, making it, you can't live in an RV, they've been making sure you can't park anywhere. We went through all of that and, as we took off in the van through this. They made sure that basically the only place that you could be was in a situation where you had to be a slave. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't sit back and not work, or you couldn't sit back and not generate money somehow. So, 
Anyway, so you're looking at, uh, you know, a 2% thing across the board. And it gives people an incentive to actually, you know, live somewhere. I mean, remember when we went through that, you could sort of live and work in the place that you were born, you know, have family and friends and neighbors and stuff. And then it got to the point where everybody's moving around, migrating. I mean, you see with the immigration and the migration and uh, in and out of the country, like Canadians in the East Coast going to the West or Central Canada for work. Um, just having to move around all the time, really, not in, you know, not no stability, no family, um, it just absolutely um, destroying everything to do with stability, and it's been going on forever, my whole life. Absolutely, just you know, it's, it's something that's going to turn around so that we can actually have that again. I mean, it's not fun being a nomad. Many star seeds are always wandering, the wanderers, you know, because there's just no place to settle. The drones, they make it almost impossible to settle. The drones that go to school, the drones that go to work, the drones that teach, the drones that are in government. And, you know, they just live and die by the system. And uh, and they just turn on, this, you know, they're just born slaves. And then, you know, the starseeds and lightworkers, they're, they're just the opposite. They see that this is not a life. It is not a system that needs to be. The drones can't see beyond that system. They They can't see... A system where people work in their passion and um, serve themselves and the community, and that you know everybody can benefit from that, and uh, they can't see past. They can't even see any sort of the conspiracy awareness of holding technology back to keep people in slavery. They can't see anything. They just think this is the way it is. I'm not sure that they think at all. I think that they're just a hive mind. I've met a lot of them. They do trigger though. Holy shit, do they trigger, don't they? You know, in hindsight, I can look back and people giving me the dirty look here and there for no particular reason. And you're wondering, am I got a black cloud over my head? Like, what is it? Did I used to be fucking Hitler in a past lifetime? You know, like, why am I triggering so many people? You know, and you just get tougher and tougher through that. Eventually, I remember I just was a sweet little kid growing up, you know, and then by the age of 20, that was it. I, you know, I was, I mentioned this when I was doing recordings when I started, it was like a wounded animal in a cage. You didn't want to come near me with any more bullshit. You know what I mean? It was really at that point where I'd had enough. I'd been bullied just fucking constantly on the east coast of Canada and Prince Edward Island, the bullying capital of of Canada, actually. Uh, they earned that reputation for just being, you know, so f- their heads so fucking far up their ass. I'll just, I'll never really look at, back at that place. I hated it every time I had to live there just this fucking backwards island that is now suffering from its own deranged uh, droneism. You know what I mean? It's just totally destroyed, culture totally destroyed, economy totally destroyed. And it was just, you know, it's just mind-blowing to look back and see it. You know, it really is. But when you've had enough of that shit as a light worker in Starseed, you get pretty tough. You're not going to take any more shit. And you begin to... Um, you find that sort of self-confidence on that level. The self-worth, on the other hand, doesn't change because the drones still hate you. They might not want to stand up to you anymore because you're standing up for yourself, but they still hate you. They still talk behind your back and all that kind of shit that's going on. It never stopped in my life. But now, all of a sudden, their lives are imploding, right? They're starting to face higher frequencies. They're being exposed. I saw that when I was working. You know what I mean? It's just absolute petty bullshit. And I watched them begin to destroy themselves in, you know, in the organization that I was in. It's just me, me, me. You know what I mean? And, and ego and, and 
and fear and competition and they don't even know why they're angry. They don't even know why they're upset. They're just assholes, you know, really, at different times. And it's a passive-aggressive type of an asshole where they're, they're an asshole and then, you know, if you do confront, then they back up and, you know, they're being nice or, or just in general they're an asshole and then nice asshole and then nice and it just, you keep kissing their ass so that they don't fall into the asshole side. And eventually I just, I, eventually I just confronted everybody. What the fuck's your problem? You know what I mean? Like, what is, and they couldn't, they never had an answer. And then they would just, oh, deflect or, or, you know, say, oh, well, you know, I've had a bad day or whatever. No, you didn't. You fucking don't like me. And you've been like this all goddamn year, back and forth. Everything that goes wrong in your life, you make, you come over and you start fucking vibrating funny with me. And it just got to the point where I would call everybody out. And I will still goddamn well do it. And I've done it. And I've done it on YouTube and I'll do it constantly. I still hold balance. But God help you. And I'm saying this because you you have this ability to stand up for yourself under all circumstances. And I can tell you, when you stand up to the bullies, to the fear, to the corruption, it backs down every single time. You can't get lost in low frequency. Most certainly you cannot get lost in fear. But I guarantee you, you stand up to it and it falls away. Even if it doesn't look scared, it blows itself up. The problem solves itself, but you can't stay in fear. And I found that out. I didn't have a choice. I was pretty much alone as a kid. And there was nobody there to help guide or, you know, in, in any way, shape or form um, to help um, provide insight, which I do now, you know, now that I have my own daughter. She gets the benefit of everything that I had to learn the hard way. And she's learning it. I mean, she doesn't seem to need to have the raw experiences, which I thought one might have to have in order to learn what you needed to learn. But no, I think the kids coming in now, I think they just need a parent to love them and to spend time with them to, um, so that they can sort of open up and grow and flourish and teach them. And they, they just get it. Intuitively, they get it. They know it's true. They know it's bullshit. And that's that. You know, it's, and it's interesting, and it's funny. It's, it's too bad that there's these kids still have to deal with fucking idiot parents that treat them like animals, and it's too bad that they have to deal with idiot parents that want to inject them for their own fear. Well, I'd rather inject them, you know, because if, if they ever got coronavirus, um, even though, you know, it's 100%, basically 100% fucking survival rate for children for getting a flu or a cold, because that's all it is, a flu or a cold, or something that looks like a flu or a cold from electromagnetic frequency changes... Um, just in case, I would rather them, you know, get fucking disabled by the vaccine than to potentially on some fucking small infinitesimal level of probability that they, that they get, you know, die from the coronavirus. That way I don't have to take any fucking responsibility for it. I can just blame, you know, well, it wasn't me. It was the guy, the vaccine did it. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's not an excuse. Any parent out there, and I, I tell you what, I, <laughs> it's something that I would probably do in my old days is make them fully aware that it was their fucking responsibility for all the damage they did to their children. And at some point, maybe they're going to figure that out. Maybe they're going to face their own communities or, or not. Maybe they're going to diverge. But I don't think there's an escape for the decisions we make in this shift. You know, I really don't. I think we're all going to have to face and pay the piper on whatever it is that we choose to do that is done in fear and or anger. Obviously, I'm still in the energy. I still feel uh, when I speak about it. I'm not when I'm not. When I'm not channeling, for some reason you're channeling, you're talking, you're letting things flow through. Um, I'm not, um, 
and, ch- and I wouldn't call this channeling. It is an art. It is a form of channeling, but this isn't the you know I love you channeling kind of stuff. It isn't you know it. This is a form of. I don't want to get off topic here too much, but this is more of an honest flow of information and allowing the energy to put me in whatever vibe I'm in and be honest about it because we're human. I'm sharing it. I usually get hit with the energy uh, frequency changes before most, and it's not a special thing. It's just a sensitive thing. And it, and I felt over the last little while this sort of intensity. And that intensity has a lot to do with purging, healing, and diverging, right? The polarities are intensifying. Um, but I always come back to balance. But anyway, the point is, is I'm not in this frame of mind when I'm not talking. When I'm talking, it's a self-healing thing, I suspect, because I'm triggering myself. And it's also sharing information of, with those who are listening. So I'm aware that if I'm going through this and speaking and feeling this stuff, that those who are listening uh, can relate. Enough can relate that this is you know, something that is worthwhile doing. Um, I can never know why a, a channel or a recording goes the way it goes, but I don't give a rat's ass as to what the response is because it's not about me. You know what I mean? How people respond to the recordings I do is about the nature of them. It's about the nature of you. What's in you? What did I trigger? If I triggered something, then it has something to do with you needing to balance it out. Do you understand? It's the same with me triggering myself. It's not a power over somebody. It's not a power over anything. It's just simply highlighting things that need to come into balance. And really, when shit goes really bad, you know, when you're in that energy, purging energy, whatever, and then, fuck, there's a catalyst, uh, you know, slight purging energy, then there's a catalyst, and you're like rock bottom. It's like, I just want to pull the trigger. Fuck this stuff. And this is triggering everything to the surface to sit at. It's a great big distortion in your toroidal field that is spun around and there it is it doesn't get any uglier it's staring at you in the face you got to stare back at it and you got to sit with it and you got to balance it out and we've been doing that in the cyclical fucking expansion you know what i mean out of the old energy and it's tiring because these days i know where everybody's at i would say you got to be where i'm at and that is absolutely done 